You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Welcome everyone to our online service. Uh, my name is Richard, if you don't know who I am, and clearly you can see we're doing something different. I'm with Bert and Sheila, and we're around a table, and so we want to have a conversation this morning, and so hopefully by now you've heard that April is a special month for us, because we're turning 10. And so next Sunday, yeah, that's uh, it's something to be celebrated. And so we want to do that. We want to celebrate next Sunday at Innes, and so we hope that you're going to be able to make it out there, and I think it's going to be a really great time as we just reflect on 10 years of all that God's done, but also stir us for the, the years that are still ahead. The work is still uh, there for us to, to do. And so we want to take a moment today to just talk and reflect a little bit on the last 10 years and um, the Thompsons landed as a family uh, in September of 2012 and the Kidges joined them in February of 2013. And then we officially launched as Every Nation GTA uh, from Catalyst Church, which was what it was previously called on Easter Sunday. Uh, Jane Viv, the leaders then transferred leadership to Bird and Sheila. And so. All right, well, welcome everyone to our online service. Uh, my name is Richard, if you don't know who I am, and clearly you can see we're doing something different. I'm with Bert and Sheila, and we're around a table, and so we want to have a conversation this morning, and so hopefully by now you've heard that April is a special month for us because we're turning 10. And so next Sunday, yeah, that's uh, it's something to be celebrated. And so we want to do that. We want to celebrate next Sunday at Innes. And so we hope that you're going to be able to make it out there. And I think it's going to be a really great time as we just reflect on 10 years with all that God's done, but also stir us for the, the years that are still ahead. The work is still uh, there for us to, to do. And so we want to take a moment today to just talk and reflect a little bit on the last 10 years and um, the Thompsons landed as a family uh, in September of 2012, and the Kidges joined them in February of 2013, and then we officially launched as Every Nation GTA uh, from Catalyst Church, which was what it was previously called on Easter Sunday. Uh, Jane Viv, the leaders then, transferred leadership to Bird and Sheila, and so, and that's that's why we're taking this time to celebrate. It's something to be celebrated, and so I thought uh, it'd be really great just to open up. Um, in a very conversational manner, we haven't really planned much here, so this could go really great or not so great. <laughs> but um, maybe to start with Bird and when we came to the city, we had a, a certain idea of the kind of church we would love to be part of, uh, kind of core convictions um, that have now formed into kind of six core values. But walk us through some of those core convictions of the church that you both saw and what resonated and connected our families together. Yeah. It's an interesting, even though that uh, you guys were in Cape Town and we were in Nashville at the time, it was interesting that as we talked about these things, how there was just a synergy, there was just a sense of real agreement mm -hmm. uh, in them. And so when we think of our dream and the values that God has given us, um, I first wanted to say that there's a given in some of these values that you know, I know some churches put in like, we have the value of Jesus and gospel and the Bible. Well, we have all those too. Yes. <laughs> uh, but these are, these are the kind of the distinctives, yeah. the things that we want to uh, focus on. And number one really was that we wanted to be an outward focused church. You know, a church can have a posture. It can either tend to look within mm -hmm. or can look out to those who are not a part. And that was one of the things that we really uh, wanted our church to be is that outward focus, looking out into the community, looking out to those who don't know Jesus. We dreamed of people in Toronto uh, coming to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. 
and joining our church and not just a only a reshuffling of the saints? I think part of that, just even how what the scripture says about Jesus himself, that he came to seek and to save those who were lost or those who were far from God. And, and we're continually trying to figure out what that looks like here again in 2023, what it looks like to get to know people and to uh, reach out to those who don't know God. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an obvious thing to say, right? Surely a yeah. church, but uh, you guys have been, it's something to be celebrated. And so I thought uh, it'd be really great just to open up um, in a very conversational manner. We haven't really planned much here, so this could go really great or not so great. <laughs> but um, maybe to start with Bert and Sheila, when we came to the city, we had a, a certain idea of the kind of church we would love to be part of. Uh, kind of core convictions um, that have now formed into kind of six core values, but Walk us through some of those core convictions of the church that you both saw and what resonated and connected our families together. Yeah, it's an interesting, even though that uh, you guys were in Cape Town and we were in Nashville at the time, it was interesting that as we talked about these things, how there was just a synergy, there was just a sense of real agreement mm-hmm. uh, in them. And so when we think of our dream and the values that God has given us, um, I first wanted to say that there's a given in some of these values that, you know, I know some churches put in like, we have the value of Jesus and gospel and the Bible. Well, we have all those too. Yes, time as well. And it's one of the hardest things because the, the natural gravitation yes. as the church grows yeah. naturally is to take care of the people that are there. That's right. But to constantly be reminded that it's for the, the, the lust and that Jesus wants us to yeah. trust out into. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So on that value, anything else you want to add on that? But how we crafted this. And so as we go through these kind of six core, uh, core convictions and values, um, we put it like this. We, we want a, a culture of engaging. We want a, a an outward-focused church that's engaging and attracting those outside the church, making it easy for them to connect with our church and explore the Christian faith. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Still. Still good. Yeah. So um, next one. It was really a dream to, it's kind of a, probably not grammatically right, but a belonging church where people actually feel like they belong, Mm -hmm. that they fit, that they're not strangers, but rather family members. And that there would be a real sense of serving to be an outward focused church. You know, a church can have a posture. It can either tend to look within Mm -hmm. or can look out to those who are not a part. And that was one of the things that we really uh, wanted our church to be is that outward focus, looking out into the community, looking out to those who don't know Jesus. We dreamed of people in Toronto uh, coming to know Jesus as Savior and Lord and joining our church and not just a only a reshuffling of the saints. I think part of that, just even how what the scripture says about Jesus himself, that he came to seek and to save those who were lost or those who were far from God. And, and we're continually trying to figure out what that looks like here again in 2023, what it looks like to get to know people and to uh, reach out to those who don't know God. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an obvious thing to say, right? Surely a yeah. church, but like, you guys have been in ministry a long time, been in ministry some time as well. And it's one of the hardest things because the, the natural gravitation yes. as the church grows yeah. naturally is to take care of the people that are there. That's right. But to constantly be reminded that it's for the, the, the lust and that Jesus wants us to yeah. trust out into. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So on that value, anything else you want to add on that? But 
how we crafted this. And so as we go through these kind of six core, uh, core convictions and values, um, we put it like this. We, we want a, a culture of engaging. We want a, a, an outward-focused church that's engaging and attracting those outside the church, making it easy for them to connect with our church and explore the Christian faith. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Still. Still good. Yeah. So um, next one was really a dream to, it's kind of a, probably not grammatically right, but a belonging church where people <laughs> actually feel like they belong, mm-hmm. that they fit, that they're not strangers, but rather family members. Yeah. And that there would be a real sense of serving one another, a real close connection, not just doing church together, mm-hmm. but doing life together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, you know, tragedy happens, that those would be the people rallying around, for example, or when there's time to celebrate something, mm-hmm. yeah. that those would be the people that they would be celebrating, really doing life uh together and not just sort of saying, okay, well, I live my life and my relationships are over here and then I go to church on Sunday. Yes. Like that, that's not what we wanted, but really to build maybe a family, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that relational part of it and even where, when people walk through the door that we can, they can feel that sense of belonging, not just us and their outsiders, but how do we welcome people in and include them to the, in our community and how do we invite them in and uh, how, how do we build mm. with uh, those within the community and the newcomers who feel like they can come in and belong? Yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a newer couple to our church who uh, went pretty regularly to traditional church and started to come to our church. When, you know, tragedy happens that those would be the people rallying around, for example, or when there's time to celebrate something, mm-hmm. that those would be the people that they would be celebrating, really doing life uh, together and not just sort of saying, okay, well, I live my life and my relationships are over here and then I go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like that, That's not what we wanted, but really to build maybe a family, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that relational part of it and even where when people walk through the door that we can they can feel that sense of belonging, not just us and their outsiders, but how do we welcome people in and include them to the in our community and how do we invite them in and uh, how how do we build mm. with uh, those within the community and the newcomers who feel like they can come in and belong? Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago we had a newer couple to our church who uh, went pretty regularly to traditional church and started to come to our church. And I don't know how much uh, this guy has a Bible knowledge. Uh, maybe he has more than I, uh, I I know. But in any case, after church, he said, when I come here, I feel like you're trying to draw people in mm-hmm. to really be like a family. He said, and I like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. That's so yeah, that was good. I don't know if this is original to you, but, but uh, something that struck me that I've heard you say a number of times over the years is um, that really not just people that want to do church together, but life together. And for me, that that's made an impression on me. And I'm just wondering, even now more than then, now more than ever, um, the sense of community that's been challenged, our individualism in the West and mm-hmm. the, the rise of anxiety, particularly young people, how important it is for a church community yeah. to be, not just be doing church stuff together, but life together. Mm-hmm. And so, and just one little comment yeah. on that is I was thinking about the pandemic. We all retreated and now we can't live in retreat anymore. So right. we need to continue mm-hmm. to build that sense of belonging. That's great. Well, whether it makes grammatical sense or not, we like to say, uh, 
I don't know how much uh, this guy has a Bible knowledge. Uh, maybe he has more than I, uh, I, I know. But in any case, after church, he said, when I come here, I feel like you're trying to draw people in mm. to really be like a family, he said, and I like it. So, <laughs> I love that. That's so yeah, that was good. I don't know if this is original to you, but, but uh, something that struck me that I've heard you say a number of times over the years is um, that really not just people that want to do church together, but life together. And for me, that that's made an impression on me. And I'm just wondering, even now more than then, now more than ever, um, the sense of community that's been challenged, our individualism in the West and mm-hmm. the, the rise of anxiety, particularly young people, how important it is for a church community yeah. to be, not just be doing church stuff together, but life together. Mm-hmm. And so, and just one little comment yeah. on that is I was thinking about the pandemic. We all retreated and now we can't live in retreat anymore. So right. we need to continue mm-hmm. to build that sense of belonging. That's great. Well, whether it makes grammatical sense or not, we like to say it like this. We want a culture of belonging, a belonging church, and that means a diverse community where people of all ages and ethnicities feel they belong, are valued, and do life together as a spiritual family. Yeah. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, continuing on, we dreamed of uh, being a disciple-making church, and I know when the every, if you're part of the Every Nation family, you know, you have to have that in there as a distinctive of our movement mm-hmm. that we see people coming to Christ and, and then growing. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, after 10 years saying I've had one year of Christian experience repeated 10 times over, mm-hmm. but there, there was actual growth mm-hmm. in all dimensions mm-hmm. of life. You know, sometimes people will grow in their Bible knowledge, but say they're, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality is low. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really growing in the joy and the self-control and the other fruit of the spirit. They're still, you know, those other dimensions are maybe yeah. not, um, not seeing that growth. We, we see a holistic mm-hmm. life, diverse community where people of all ages and ethnicities feel they belong, are valued and do life together as a spiritual family. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> um, well, continuing on, we dreamed of uh, being a disciple-making church, and I know in the every if you're part of the Every Nation family, <laughs> you know you have to have that in there as a distinctive of our movement mm-hmm. that we see people coming to Christ and and then growing. Mm-hmm. Not you know after ten years saying I've had one year of Christian experience repeated ten times over, mm-hmm. but there, there was actual growth. Mm-hmm. In all dimensions of life, you know, sometimes people will grow in their Bible knowledge, but say their uh, emotionally healthy spirituality is low. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really growing in the joy and the self-control and the other fruit of the spirit. They're still, you know, those other dimensions are maybe yeah. not um, not seeing that growth. We, we see a holistic mm-hmm. life growth If people. Uh, we say that it's it's not just what we do, but it's the type of people we want to be. That's right. I think uh, one of the things I think about is that how Jesus, he drew people to himself. He said, come on, follow me. But he didn't leave them there. And we don't want our discipleship just, we want to grow and we want to see people grow. But we want to see people grow that they can turn as Jesus did. Okay, come and follow me. Now go. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they you know, come back to Jesus and then go. But mm-hmm. it was discipleship with a purpose mm-hmm. that was building his kingdom. Yeah, and I like that word holistic. And I, th- I think even uh, my uh, understanding of discipleship has grown, even being part of Every Nation GTA. Like, for instance, we um, started doing the emotional 
uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we just because in our city, in our country, and just how for for many people they compartmentalize their lives, and so discipleship is reading my Bible better and praying better, which absolutely is fundamental. But it's all of life. It's mental yeah. emotional because you're a complex as a human being, mm-hmm. and we want right. to grow as a human being as a follower of Jesus. And so, yeah. um, still lots to 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 grow in as well. What I think about is that how Jesus he drew people to himself. He said, "Come on, follow me." But he didn't leave them there. And we don't want our discipleship just, we want to grow and we want to see people grow. But we want to see people grow that they can turn as Jesus did. Okay, come and follow me. Now go. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they, you know, come back to Jesus and then go. But mm-hmm. it was discipleship with a purpose mm-hmm. that was building his kingdom. Yeah, and I like that word holistic. And I, th- I think even uh, my uh, understanding of discipleship has grown, even being part of Every Nation GTA. Like, for instance, we um, started doing the emotional, uh, mental health. Um, mm-hmm. We just because in our city, in our country, and just how for for many people they compartmentalize their lives. And so, discipleship is reading my Bible better and praying better, which absolutely is fundamental. But it's all of life. It's mental, yeah. emotional, because you're a complex as a human being, mm-hmm. and we want right. to grow as a human being as a follower of Jesus. And so, yeah. um, still lots to, to to grow in as well. But yeah, I just I, I'm thankful that we're growing in our understanding as well. Yes. What it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, growth. It's uh, how we phrase it: a culture of growing and a disciple-making church. And we want to see people grow spiritually to become mature followers of Jesus Christ. So. Well, I think part of that maturity is the development of leaders. So we had a purpose, and we still do, to um, take each one of us in our discipleship to a place where not just within the church, but outside of the church, we can lead, mm-hmm. we can uh, influence. You had another word. Um, empower. We want to empower people. Mm-hmm to not just what happens in the church, but what happens where you spend the rest of your life. How do you um, do your job the best? And how do you influence, not like the Instagram kind, those around you. (laughs) And uh, so that was part of what Mm -hmm. we wanted to see. Mm -hmm. I remember this uh, story of a tour guide was growing in our understanding as well, what it means to follow Jesus. All right. Well, growth, it's uh, how we phrase it, a culture of growing and a disciple-making church. And we want to see people grow spiritually to become mature followers of Jesus Christ. So, Well, I think part of that maturity is the development of leaders. So we had a purpose and we still do to um, take each one of us in our discipleship to a place where not just within the church, but outside of the church, we can lead, Mm. we can uh, influence. You had another word. um, Empower. We want to empower people Mm -hmm. to not just what happens in the church, but what happens where you spend the rest of your life. How do you um, Mm. do your job the best and how do you influence, not like the Instagram kind, those (laughs) around you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was part of what mm-hmm. we wanted to see. I remember this uh, story of a tour guide was taking people through the towns of Europe. And he was saying, oh, Isaac Newton was born here and this leader was born there. And then they came up to the next town and they said, hey, were any great leaders born here? And the tour guide said, no, only babies. <laughs> Meaning they don't No yeah. one starts out as a great mm-hmm. leader. They, a, and so mm-hmm. we want to yeah. be our leader producing church. It's, it's mentoring people. It's even sometimes correcting people. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we, you know, we believe that, you know, we should get, 
you know, into one another's life, challenge one another mm-hmm. as well. You can't raise out a, a, a leader. When you think of the great coaches uh, in sports, they're the ones, they're some of the toughest. It's tough love, yeah. but they're, but they see those athletes rise to their maximum capacity and maximum uh, capability. And uh, we really want to see that, especially when people, when we're, you know, we minister near university campuses and these are the future leaders of our world. Mm-hmm. We should be raising them up mm-hmm. as godly uh, leaders who mm-hmm. with character and with impact in all areas of life. And they came up to the next town and they said, Hey, were any great leaders born here? The tour guide said, no, only babies, meaning <laughs> they don't No yeah. one starts out as a great mm-hmm. leader. They, mm-hmm. And so we want to yeah. be our leader producing church. It's, it's mentoring people. It's even sometimes correcting people. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we, you know, we believe that, you know, we should get, you know, into one another's life, challenge one another mm-hmm. as well. You can't raise out a, a, a leader. When you think of the great coaches uh, in sports, they're the ones, they're some of the toughest. It's tough love, yeah. but they're, but they see those athletes rise to their maximum capacity and maximum uh, capability. And uh, we really want to see that, especially when people, when we're, you know, we minister near university campuses and these are the future leaders of our world. Mm-hmm. We should be raising them up mm-hmm. as godly uh, leaders who mm-hmm. with character and with impact in all areas of life. Yeah, I think for, for those of you that are familiar with our Every Nation world and maybe have come from a, a different church in our Every Nation world, some of these will, will kind of sound familiar, maybe a different language, but resonate because I think our movement as Every Nation has a real grace and a call on God to raise up leaders. And uh, we see that across the board, particularly taking young people. And a lot of our movement leaders right now were reached as young people. You know, Bert was sharing his testimony the other day about being a student, being reached by Rice Brooks. I have a similar testimony. And so I think that's something that we really want to lean into as well, not just as a local church, but we see it as part of our Every Nation Worldwide family. And so, yeah, how we define this um, uh, value or how we phrase this value is we want a culture of influencing. And so we're kind of debating about that word because influences or influencing kind of means a different thing, particularly to a younger demographic. Um, but maybe a culture of empowering, equipping is more in line with what we're trying to see. But ultimately, we want to see a leader-producing church. That means disciples developing their gifts and, li- and living out the implications of their faith and business, yeah. the arts, education, government, the family, all of Yeah, I think for, for those of you that are familiar with our Every Nation world and maybe have come from a, a different church in our Every Nation world, some of these will, will kind of sound familiar, maybe a different language, but resonate because I think our movement as Every Nation has a real grace and a call on God to raise up leaders. And uh, we see that across the board, particularly taking young people. And a lot of our movement leaders right now were reached as young people. You know, Bert was sharing his testimony the other day about being a student, being reached by Rice Brooks. I have a similar testimony. And so I think that's something that we really want to lean into as well, not just as a local church, but we're seeing it as part of our Every Nation Worldwide family. And so, yeah, how we define this um, uh, value or how we phrase this value is we want a culture of influencing. And so we're kind of debating about that word because influences or influencing kind of means a different thing, particularly to a younger demographic. Um, but maybe a culture of empowering, equipping is more in line with what we're trying to see. But ultimately, we want to see a leader-producing church. That means disciples developing their gifts and, li- and living out the implications of their faith and business, yeah. the arts, education, government, the family, all of life, wherever they find themselves to be. Mm. Yeah. When passion, the passion of parents, parents' generation driven, bride, bride, his body. 
you know, as the foundation uh, of our giving. And with that conviction, knowing this is gifts is giver, actor, actor. And I, yeah, and again, I just, the, the, the culture today, it's so much about comfort and convenience. And so this value of sacrifice really cuts against that. But in, in many ways, that's, that's, that's the kingdom culture that Jesus is constantly trying to build a different culture than the culture. And so, yeah, it's a challenging, a challenging value uh, and conviction. But, and I've, I think in the 10 years that we've really seen a generous church, we've seen our church, we've just been reflecting as well, um, 10 years of, People were planting the same time we were, and some of those churches are still going, and some of those churches have folded, unfortunately, and for various reasons. But I just, um, I'm thankful that mm-hmm. we've seen our church community grow in this value as well. And obviously, there's always room to grow and always room to be challenged. Mm-hmm. But um, we've seen our our income grow steadily year over year over year with all that. Ten straight years, yeah. our ties have gone up, and so that's amazing. And so, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so how we phrase this, um, our fifth core value is a culture of sacrificing. We want to be a generous church, willingly and sacrificially giving out our time, our money, our resources to see God's kingdom advance in our city, our nation, and ultimately through a challenging value uh, and conviction. But and I've, I think in the 10 years that we've really seen a generous church, we've seen our church, we've just been reflecting as well, um, 10 years of People were planting the same time we were, and some of those churches are still going, and some of those churches have folded, unfortunately, and for various reasons. But I just, um, I'm thankful that mm-hmm. we've seen our church community grow in this value as well. And obviously, there's always room to grow and always room to be challenged. Mm-hmm. But um, we've seen our our income grow steadily year over year over year with all that. Ten straight years, yeah. our ties have gone up. And so that's amazing. And so, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so how we phrase this, um, our fifth core value is a culture of sacrificing. We want to be a generous church, willingly and sacrificially giving out our time, our money, our resources to see God's kingdom advance in our city, our nation, and ultimately throughout the world. And then finally, yeah, well... I know this maybe is a big one. Maybe you say this. Big one for you guys it's coming funny. back to Canada. This is... Um, this is I just know... That if we can do the first five, that the natural thing when something is healthy is that it reproduces. For sure. So um, we maybe haven't hit any of our reproduction uh, goals yet, but we still have it in our heart to see churches planted in southern Ontario, to see campus outreaches on all the various campuses in the city Mm -hmm. of Toronto, to be a church, not just one church in one place, but something that actually gives rise to and gives birth to other churches. Yeah. So we don't just want to hang on. We want to be a church planting church. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my roles uh, is also to serve as the director for Every Nation Canada. And although we haven't reproduced directly as a church yet, uh, we're keeping our feelers out for some congregation members who may have moved to London or Ottawa. Oh, or back to Canada. This <laughs> is, um, this, I just know that if we can do the first five, that the natural thing when something is healthy is that it reproduces. For sure. So um, we maybe haven't hit any of our reproduction uh, goals yet, but we still have it in our heart to see churches planted in southern Ontario, to see campus outreaches on all the various campuses in the city mm-hmm. of Toronto, to be a church, not just one church in one place, but something that actually gives rise to and gives birth to other churches. 
Yeah. So we don't just want to hang on. We want to be a church planting church. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my roles uh, is also to serve as the director for Every Nation Canada. And although we haven't reproduced directly as a church yet, uh, we're keeping our feelers out for some congregation members who may have moved to London or Ottawa or mm-hmm. places like that. Hamilton, like these are all areas that we would like to see churches planted. Uh, but we have seen some growth uh, across Canada in the years that uh, I've been here. Uh, we've doubled our churches in Canada from five to 10. Amazing. And so, uh, and you know, I have the privilege of helping with that, helping raise up new pastors in other, uh, major cities of Canada. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited about that. We have something called the 1010 vision where in the next 10 years from 2020 or 2010 to 2020 to see churches and, uh, no, it's already 2020, 2020 to 2030. Yes. I'm behind the times 2020 to 2030, uh, to see every nation churches in 10 major cities on 10 major uh, campuses and in all the 10 provinces Mm -hmm. of Canada. So we're shooting towards that. We're on our way Mm -hmm. and we want to be as every nation GTA, uh, a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, yeah, I think, uh, Sheila, you said the right word. They're reproducing healthy things grow up. Hamilton, like these are all areas that we would like to see churches planted. Uh, but we have seen some growth, uh, across Canada in the years that, uh, I've been here. Uh, we've doubled our churches in Canada from five to 10. Amazing. That's and so, uh, and you know, I have the privilege of helping with that, helping raise up new pastors and other, uh, major cities of Canada. Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about that. We have something called the 1010 vision where in the next 10 years from 2020 or 2010 to 2020 to see churches and, uh, no, it's already 2020, 2020 <laughs> to 2030. Yes. I'm behind the times. 2020 to 2030, uh, to see every nation churches in 10 major cities on 10 major com- uh, campuses and in all the 10 provinces mm-hmm. of Canada. So, we're shooting towards that. We're on our way mm-hmm. and we want to be as every nation GTA, uh, a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, yeah, I think uh, Sheila, you said the right word. They're reproducing healthy things grow and healthy things reproduce. And so this final value is a culture of reproducing a church planning church. And that starts by us reproducing disciples, disciples, making disciples, resulting in churches, planting churches in Toronto and beyond. And so as you think about those core convictions, those kind of core values that we've now cemented and you can find them on our website. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could just paint a picture then, you know, of what was the kind of church that you had envisioned coming? I know we spoke a lot before yeah. coming to Toronto, before relocating our family. Sure. We resonated a lot with these core convictions. And I think we both had an idea of the kind of church we would love to see thrive and grow in Toronto. And so, Perhaps kind of like the, a vision of, of the church and, um, and we can talk about where we feel like we've really made strides towards that. And obviously yeah. there's a, there's a holy discontent, but we, yeah. we haven't hit all our marks. And I think no. we also want to recognize that as well. But yeah, talk a little bit about that aspect of if we do these things well, if this is the kind of culture we want, what kind of church would that look like? I search and that starts by us reproducing disciples, disciples making disciples, resulting in churches planting churches in Toronto and beyond. And so as you think about those core convictions, those kind of core values that we've now cemented, and you can find them on our website, yeah. um, 
I wonder if you could just paint a picture then, you know, of what was the kind of church that you had envisioned coming. I know we spoke a lot before yeah. coming to Toronto, before relocating our family. Sure. We resonated a lot with these core convictions. And I think we both had an idea of the kind of church we would love to see thrive and grow in Toronto. And so perhaps kind of like the, a vision of, of the church and, um, and we can talk about where we feel like we've really made strides towards that. And obviously yeah. there's a, there's a holy discontent, but we, yeah. we haven't hit all our marks. And I think no. we also want to recognize that as well, but yeah, talk a little bit about that aspect of if we do these things well, if this is the kind of culture we want, what kind of church would that look like? I still dream and we've seen the baby steps into this, but I still dream of the nations of the world as they live in Toronto, because we yeah. all know that's the, that's the, what that, the city looks like, mm-hmm. that there would be more and more representation in our church of people from the nations of the world, that it would be a little bit of that heaven on earth thing, you know, all nations, tongue and tribes. It's what we came here, Toronto being so multicultural, multi-ethnic. We, we've dreamt of that. We've seen little glimpses of it, but I really desire more of that in our future. Mm-hmm. We're still contending uh, for students, university yes, students. All three of us were impacted with the gospel as students. Uh, Sheila in high school and us in university. Uh, but we want to see more, you know, we are, we meet at a, you know, Canada's largest university. Mm-hmm. And I can remember you telling me how you had a prophecy way back in Cape town, uh, before you were even in Toronto and that, uh, from one of our major prophets in our movement I still dream. And we've seen the baby steps into this, but I still dream of the nations of the world as they live in Toronto, because we yeah. all know that's the, that's the, what that, the city looks like, mm-hmm. that there would be more and more representation in our church of people from the nations of the world, that it would be a little bit of that heaven on earth thing, you know, mm-hmm. all nations, tongue and tribes. It's what we mm-hmm. came here, Toronto being so multicultural, mm-hmm. multi-ethnic. We, we've mm-hmm. dreamt of that. We've seen little glimpses of it, but I really desire more of that in our future. Mm-hmm. We're still contending uh, for students, university yes, students. All three of us were impacted with the gospel as students. Uh, Sheila in high school and us in university. Uh, but we want to see more. You know, we are we meet at a you know Canada's largest university, mm-hmm. and I can remember you telling me how you had a prophecy way back in Cape Town uh, before you were even in Toronto. And that uh, from one of our major prophets in our movement, and I still remember that prophecy as you told me that uh, you would be ministering in a church full of students. Yeah, flooded with young people. Oh, flooded with it. That's what it was. Flooded. Flooded Flooded with young people. You know, flooded has the imagery of overflowing. Yeah. You know, that flooded. Yeah. Flooded. So... We've had some, but I can't say that we're still shooting for the flooded. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I I think for me, a multicultural, multi-ethnic church, but a multi-generational church, you know, I cut my teeth in ministry and youth ministry, young adults ministry. And so I've always, uh, I was a young person. Someone took a chance on me and always had this mentality of I'm the next generation. And then I don't know when it happened, but I realized I'm in my forties now. I'm not the next generation. (laughs) And, um, my life is to be spent with, you know, serving that next. And it's not just about young people. We want to be a multi-generational people. Sure. Each, each generation has their role to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a, a, almost a 15 and a 13 year old. We've got 
uh, told me that uh, you would be ministering in a church full of students. Yeah. Flooded mm-hmm. with young people. Oh, flooded with flooded it. That's what it was. Flooded. Yes. Flooded. flooded with young yes. people. You know, flooded has the imagery of overflowing. Yeah. You know, that flooded. Yeah. Flooded. So I, we've had some, but I can't say that we're still shooting for the flooded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I think for me, a multi cultural, multi-ethnic church and a, but a multi-generational church, you know, I cut my teeth in ministry and youth ministry, young adults ministry. And so I've always, uh, I was a young person. Someone took a chance on me and we always had this mentality of I'm the next generation. And then I don't know when it happened, but I realized I'm in my forties now. I'm not the next generation. <laughs> and, um, my life is to be spent with, you know, serving that next, and it's not just about young people. We want to be a multi-generational people. Sure. Each, each generation has their role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a, a, almost a 15 and a 13 year old. We've got, uh, almost 200,000 university students, college campuses, uh, within our reach as, mm-hmm. as GTA. Mm-hmm. And I think between the years 2016 and 2019, I really saw God do something with our, our campus ministry really began to explode. And I don't know at the time how many we had, but we had um, maybe up to 20, 30, and maybe even pushing 40 students from different college campuses. And it was really a glimpse, I think, of the kind of thing. And then this kind of thing like COVID hit and, mm-hmm. uh, and three years to not be on a campus is like eternity. Um, and so in some ways we're kind of back at square one, but that's okay. But that still is something I use the word content. And I think that is, it's, it's, it's struggling. It's struggling and contending and wrestling for that next generation um, and creating space for them who think differently. Mm-hmm. You know, Gen mm-hmm. Z thinks very differently. I'm a Gen Xer um, and we mm-hmm. think very differently, have different values, but it's, I think, uh, beautiful when a church can have mm-hmm. the nations in it mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. the generations in it. Okay. Let me ask a question of you now. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, how did we formulate? In the years 2016 and 2019, I really saw God do something with our, our campus ministry, really began to explode. And I don't know at the time how many we had, but we had um, maybe up to 20, 30, and maybe even pushing 40 students from different college campuses. And it was really a glimpse, I think, of the kind of thing. And then this kind of thing like COVID hit and, mm-hmm. uh, and three years to not be on a campus is like eternity. Um, and so in some ways we're kind of back at square one, but that's okay. But that still is something I use the word content. And I think that is, it's, it's, it's struggling. It's struggling and contending and wrestling for that next mm-hmm. generation um, and creating space for them who think differently. Mm-hmm. You know, Gen mm-hmm. Z thinks very differently. I'm a Gen Xer. Um, and we think very differently, have different values, but it's, I think, uh, beautiful when a church can have the nations in it mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. the generations in it. Okay. Let me ask a question of you now. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, how did we formulate our vision statement? We have these six formulated values. What about yeah. the vision statement itself? So I, I think it was 2016 to 2017. So what was happening in 2016, 2017? It was um, 2017. It was 2017. So we worked with a, a team of core leaders in our church at the time. Um, that was actually multicultural and multi-generational. And crafting these kind of values and this culture into a vision statement of something that we could put into a sentence that would encapsulate the kind of church we want to be. And um, I think it took a pro- probably took us a little bit longer than we realized, but it's really important to get everything right. But we came up with this at the end, and I, I'm really... Um, I think it was about six months, actually, of meetings. Probably was that. Maybe even more. Do, yeah. And so, but we really landed on this. And so this is our vision statement. And again, you can put this on the website. Maybe we should be having it a little bit more visible in other spaces. But it, we said this, as a church, 
We envision being a multi-ethnic people of all ages who passionately follow Jesus together on his mission to bring gospel transformation to the formulated values. What about yeah. the vision statement itself? So I, I think it was 2016 or 2017. So what was happening in 2016, 2017? It was um, 2017. It was 2017. Yeah. So we worked with a, a team of core leaders in our church at the time. Um, that was actually multicultural and multi-generational. And um, crafting these kind of values and this culture into a vision statement of something that we could put into a sentence that would encapsulate the kind of church we want to be. And um, I think it took a pro- probably took us a little bit longer than we realized, but it's really important to get everything right. But we came up with this at the end, and I am really... Um, I think it was about six months, actually, of meetings. Probably was that. Maybe even more. Do, yeah. And so, but we really landed on this. And so this is our vision statements. And again, you can put this on the website. Maybe we should be having it a little bit more visible in other spaces. But we said this, as a church, we envision being a multi-ethnic people of all ages who passionately follow Jesus together on his mission to bring gospel transformation to the people and culture of Toronto and through it to the world. So mm-hmm. quite a mouthful. And every word there is intentional. And yes. every word was debated almost. That's right. Um, <laughs> and so, but, so a lot can be unpacked in that. But I think if you're looking for a, a short way to summarize just our heart, what drew us to the city, what we're still believing for and contending for in the mm-hmm. city, it's, it's probably summed up in, in that sentence. And so, um, Unless you have any more questions of well, me, maybe. Well, I don't have any more questions of you. I don't know how we're going to wrap it up. Um, well, for me, as we turn towards next week, and mm-hmm. we, you're not going to actually hear a lot from us. We've got some, I guess, speaker coming in. We've got lots of folk, past and present members of ENGTS. We want to take this moment yeah. to hear our hearts. So yes. we're looking forward to just enjoying that next week. But maybe as a way to wrap up, as 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 we come into that moment, obviously celebrating mm-hmm. um, 10 years, mm-hmm. good years, hard years, mm-hmm. tough years, mm-hmm. no doubt 10 years ahead. Um, what are we grateful for? And yeah. what do we still feel like intentional? And yes. every word was debated almost. That's right. Um, <laughs> and so, but so a lot can be unpacked in that. But I think if you're looking for a, a short way to summarize just our heart, what drew us to the city, what we're still believing for and contending for in the mm. city, it's it's probably summed up in, in that sentence. And so, um, unless you have any more questions of well, me, maybe. Well, I don't have any more questions of you. I don't know how we're going to wrap it up. Um, well, for me, as we turn towards next week, and mm-hmm. we, you're not going to actually hear a lot from us. We've got some, I guess, speaker coming in. We've got lots of folk, past and present members of ENGTS. We want to take this moment yeah. to hear our hearts. So yes. we're looking forward to just enjoying that next week. But, Maybe as a way to wrap up, as 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 we come into that moment, obviously celebrating mm-hmm. um, ten years, mm-hmm. good years, hard years, mm-hmm. tough years, mm-hmm. no doubt ten years ahead. Um, what are we grateful for, and yeah. what do we still feel like yeah. there's still some fight in us? God, I, yeah. it, it, the work is not done yet. Yeah, yeah. there's a phrase you do. Yeah. So the first thing I feel compelled to say, and that is. At the end of the day, a church is only good as the people in the church. And when I look at our church, it uh, punches above its weight class. Uh, when I think of our strategic leadership team, the 18 people, the six staff members and the other 12 uh, people who aren't full-time in the ministry, uh, the way that they exemplify these values, mm-hmm. the way that they give, mm-hmm. the way that they reach out, 
you know, and our small group leaders just the other week on Facebook, you know, I saw them going out to Adam House, which is a house for refugees. You know, we didn't have to tell them to do that. Mm -hmm. We cast a vision of outward focus of reaching out, gave them a little bit of opportunity and, you know, through the first few people who were helping and then they're doing it. Mm -hmm. They're doing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, at each one of these, you know, we have, you know, people on automatic debt. The work is not done yet. Yeah, yeah. there's a phrase you do. Yeah. So the first thing I feel compelled to say, and that is, at the end of the day, a church is only good as the people in the church. And when I look at our church, it uh, punches above its weight class. Uh, when I think of our strategic leadership team, the 18 people, the six staff members and the other 12 uh, people who aren't full-time in the ministry, uh, the way that they exemplify these values, mm-hmm. the way that they give, mm-hmm. the way that they reach out, you know, and our small group leaders, just the other week on Facebook, you know, I saw them going out to Adam House, which oh, yeah. is a house for yeah. refugees. You know, we didn't have to tell them to do that. Mm-hmm. We cast a vision of outward focus of reaching out gave them a little bit of opportunity and, you know, through the first few people who were helping and then they're doing it, yeah. mm-hmm. they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, at each one of these, you know, we have, you know, people on automatic debit where just, you know, their tie comes out on their paychecks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, for Thank the people you. who, uh, you know, really make our church feel like a family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, by there's lots of other things you could do with your time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, besides coming to a small group or, you know, celebrating, you know, anniversaries and birthdays and, you know, helping people move. Yeah. Looking after new babies. Yeah. Just, just all of those things, you know, we've, we don't own a building, we rent. And Mm -hmm. so when we set up, you know, it's faithful people who are, you know, getting out of bed at 6 a.m. sometimes as early, depending on where they're from. They got to be at the campus at 8 a.m. when those doors open yeah. for setup. Yeah. You know, and, and the, you know, the connection crew and just the faithful people. We had a visitor to our church just last week and said, wow, you guys, like, you know, all these volunteers and really blown away. Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it's done because. Uh, you know, really make our church feel like a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by there's lots of other things you could do with your time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, besides coming to a small group or you know celebrating, you know, anniversaries and birthdays and you know helping people move. Yeah, looking after new babies. Yeah, just just all of those things. You know, we've we don't own a building, we rent, and mm-hmm. so when we set up. You know, it's faithful people who are, you know, getting out of bed at 6 a.m. sometimes as early, depending on where they're from. They got to be at the campus at 8 a.m. when those doors open for setup. Yeah. You know, and and, you know, the connection crew, just the faithful people. We had a visitor to our church just last week and said, wow, you guys like, you know, all these volunteers and really blown away. Like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how it's done because people have responded to the gospel in a very practical way. And I say, thank you. You know who you are. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Bert said so much. Um, I just, uh, I'm grateful. And I realize I I don't want to quit dreaming. Yeah. And uh, 
this morning before we got on camera, I was thinking about the 401 corridor. If everybody who lives in southern Ontario kind of knows what that is, Windsor to the Quebec border and just how many great cities and campuses and how much of our Canadian population live at Tashford. To, you know, just lay it down and say we've done enough. I want to see those cities mm-hmm. and campuses. Something mm-hmm. happened there by the mm-hmm. grace of God and the hard work of his people. Yeah. How about you, Rich? I think in the early days, we had a phrase called follow the call. So mm-hmm. some of the old timers will remember that. And it really encapsulated, I think, um, specifically for our journeys as uh, families coming, following the call from different parts of the globe. But I, I think in a city like Toronto and particularly in our church, there's many of you that have come here from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, this, you know, when we've reflected, I don't think we could have imagined where we'd be um, 10 years ago. And I think for a lot of you that moved here, I don't know what got you here to the city, but maybe life hasn't turned out. Maybe it's in some ways it's turned out better, but in some ways it's fallen short of what your expectation is. But it's not just follow the call of us as full-time mm-hmm. pastors coming. Everybody. Everyone. And so it doesn't matter what brought you here. It's understanding that God has a purpose for you here, has a purpose for our church. Yeah. And, um, you know, last few years with COVID have maybe knocked the stuffing out of some of us and maybe our expectations kind of just life is hard or struggle, that kind of thing. And I think if anything, I'm grateful for the last 10 years, but I, I, I'm with Sheila in the sense, I think there's something that God wants us to go after in the next 10 years. And I think you're a part of that. And I think it's for us to seek out and say, God, what do you have for us? What do you have for us? Um, on the campuses, different cultures. Um, we want to see churches planted and, um, and I think, you know, when we've reflected, I don't think we could have imagined where we'd be um, 10 years ago. And I think for a lot of you that moved here, I don't know what got you here to the city, but maybe life hasn't turned out. Maybe it's in some ways it's turned out better, but in some ways it's fallen short of what your expectation is. But it's not just follow the call of us as full-time mm-hmm. pastors coming Everybody. Everyone. And so it doesn't matter what brought you here. It's understanding that God has a purpose for you here, has a purpose for our church. Yeah. And, um, you know, Last few years with COVID have maybe knocked the stuffing out of some of us. And maybe our expectations kind of just life is hard or struggle, that kind of thing. And I think, if anything, I'm grateful for the last 10 years. But I, I, I'm with Sheila in the sense, I think there's something that God wants us to go after in the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're a part of that. And I think it's for us to seek out and say, God, what do you have for us? Mm-hmm. What do you have for us um, on the campuses, different cultures. Um, we want to see churches planted. We want to see disciples multiplied, all these kind of things. And so that would be my kind of going into next week, grateful, but also contending with expectation, anticipation, mm-hmm. and being a church where we all discover that that call is and following it hard um, mm-hmm. together, uh, doing that well. So, yeah, that was a great phrase and something we've been talking about, maybe resurrecting of the follow the call. And so, mm-hmm. well, um, yeah, we're almost on our time. We are on our time. So... Hopefully that's been um, maybe something different for you. Hopefully be, it's been engaging. And uh, again, if you want to f- track those visions and values, we actually preached on on those as well. You can go to our website. But uh, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday at what uh, is promises to be a very special occasion for all of us. And being a church where we all discover that that call is and following it hard um, mm-hmm. together. Uh, doing that well. So, yeah, it was a great phrase and something we've been talking about, maybe resurrecting of the call. And so, mm-hmm. 
Well, um, yeah, we're almost on our time. We are on our time. So hopefully that's been um, maybe something different for you. Hopefully be, it's been engaging. And uh, again, if you want to f- track those visions and values, we actually preached on on those as well. You can go to our website. But uh, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday at what uh, is promises to be a very special occasion for all of us. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.